Well, welcome uh, everyone to another edition of the StayMarriedFlorida.com podcast. My name is Christopher Bruce and I'm a marital and family law attorney in North Palm Beach, Florida. Today we have a very interesting topic that a lot of people that are my clients are interested in and that's how to help their adolescent age children through the divorce process from um, informing them about the divorce to monitoring uh, what comes up afterwards. And today we have a very special guest, uh, psychotherapist Jamie Wentz. She does basically exclusively work with adolescents and their families through all different types of things, including uh, times of uh, crisis like divorce. So welcome to uh, the program, Jamie. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. And I guess just for starters, for uh, people out there, how exactly would you define an adolescent, the, the type of the child that we're focusing on here with this recording? Well, the term adolescent actually comes from the Latin root meaning to grow up. Um, the concept of adolescence is culturally constructed, so the precise meaning is going to vary a bit from culture to culture. But in general, adolescence can be regarded as a, a transitional period um, between childhood and adulthood, during which young people... Uh, they really they experience tremendous change in their their physical, their emotional, and their cognitive development. Um, and an adolescent can generally be thought of as a young person in or nearing his or her teenage years. Um, stereotypically, they tend to be regarded as uh, moody or hormonal, which can, <laughs> can certainly be true for some. We've all seen it, I'm sure. Um, but considering all the changes they experience during this stage of development, you know, really some moodiness is quite frankly to be expected. Um, for example, within the time span encompassing adolescence, young people are beginning to uh, pursue and meet various milestones such as driving a car, finishing certain levels of education, uh, developing significant and, you know, in many cases for the first time, intimate, um, although we don't like to think about that as parents, um, <laughs> peer-to-peer relationships, um, they begin to think about more, or they begin to think more abstractly and multidimensionally and consider concepts uh, such as their future and the person they're going to become. So, you know, really uh, no pressure there. Um Adolescents, in many ways, uh, they're expected to shed their childhood identities in preparation for adulthood. And at the same time, they're still expected to abide by certain adult rules, such as curfews, bedtimes, and so on. Um, in fact, many adolescents I work with describe uh, that they feel that they're in limbo between childhood and adulthood. And, uh, Imagine adult- it. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I imagine it might depend on on the particular child, but is there a particular age range that we're speaking of? Typically the teen years. Okay. Yeah, generally speaking, the teenage years. Um, And and developmentally speaking, the the primary task of an adolescent is really to individuate, um, which is a concept from uh, Jungian psychology, which means to uh, the process by which individuals are um, they're beginning to form. They're, they're beginning to form as individuals and differentiate from other human beings, which in this case is uh, the adolescent's family. Now, how does divorce uniquely affect a adolescent teenage uh, type age child? Well, to understand that, uh, we first need to take a look uh, broader at how prolonged stress affects humans in general because, of of course, divorce is a process and a stress-inducing one at that. So um, 
as humans, our sympathetic autonomic nervous system helps us to deal with stress by initiating that fight or flight response. Um, yeah. Essentially, our, our brain sends out a series of signals to release chemicals and produce the hormone cortisol, which um, that's the, the, the chemical or the, the hormone that creates that feeling of um, increased energy or jumpiness that we tend to feel when we're stressed. And then when the stressor passes, um, the other part uh, of our nervous system, the parasympathetic, uh, kicks in, in essence, to mop up whatever leftover cortisol there is roaming around in our in our bodies. <laughs> And that enables us to relax, to return to a, a more relaxed state. Um, now, if we apply this concept to a family contemplating or actively going through a divorce, um, you know, couples don't typically decide out of the blue that they're going to end marriage. Usually, there's this prolonged period of sort of unrest in the family, um, during which time one or both parents act out their unhappiness. They they argue or fight, uh, withdraw from the spouse or family, uh, withhold affection, attention, sometimes infidelity, and the list goes on. So during this time, mom, dad, and a child or children all experience this stress response cycle several times throughout any given day, um, either reacting directly to something unpleasant or anticipating the next unpleasant event. Um, yeah. Or there can be this general feeling of tension, you know, in the household um, that can result in this sort of heightened state of arousal. And uh, over time, this can cause physical and psychological symptoms, um, somatic complaints like stomach aches, headaches, difficulty concentrating, difficulty sleeping, irritation, agitation, um, all kinds of things, which if a person lacks or hasn't yet developed um, healthy coping skills could could over time lead to depression, anxiety, other mental health conditions. Now, now let's recall, though, all of the changes that an adolescent is already going through, um, you know, all of these tasks that he or she is expected to, to be accomplishing educationally, socially, developmentally, you know, and this is not even considering if, if their family is going through divorce. They, they have a lot on their plate um, to react to even without a family going through divorce. Now, what types of things should parents keep in mind uh, leading up to um, really during and after divorce when it comes to helping their adolescent or teenage children come out of the divorce in the best way possible? Well, lots of things. Um, <laughs> That's but... a long question, yeah. <laughs> really five but questions. Since it's a podcast and not a seminar, I think I'll just limit, limit my remarks to maybe four key points that I tend to address okay. most often with the families that I see. Um, and first, first being that your your children, regardless of age, uh, see, hear, or at the very least, sense everything. You know, as parents, we shouldn't fool ourselves. Our, our kids are extremely perceptive. And um, in fact, I've worked with several families in which the children were aware before the parents uh, that the, the parents' marriage was either unhealthy or in trouble. Um, so my best advice to parents is to get support and take good care of you so that you can remain mindful and in control of your own behavior. Um, for example, when you and your spouse or, or soon-to-be ex-spouse argue, take it somewhere else um, so the kids don't have to bear witness. Um, to the best of your ability, use I statements when you argue. That way you're taking ownership of your actions and emotions and you're also modeling healthy communication. 
But let's face it, divorce can be ugly, and in many cases yeah. it becomes yeah, and in, in many cases it becomes difficult, if not impossible, to remain on best behavior. I mean, prolonged difficulty with communication is often one of the factors couples cite as to why they're choosing to end a marriage. Um, and in those cases, I recommend that parents ask for help, uh, ask a trusted friend, a neighbor, family member to take the kids for a few hours. Um, so that they can work through what they need to work through and the kids can be uh, insulated a bit from what's going on between the parents. Um, uh, second point to keep in mind, if, uh, if, if parents have read any parenting books or attended parenting classes, then they're familiar with the idea that children thrive on structure. And this point is widely supported by research for any aged child and adolescents in particular. Um, and if a family is going to divorce, now is not the time to become your child's best friend uh, or engage in what's called permissive parenting, meaning that the parent would relax the rules or shower the child with material things. Um, many well-intentioned parents engage in this practice uh, sort of as a way um, of attempting to ease their adolescent's adjustment to a divorce or make their time together more special, meaningful, fun. Um, however, in reality, this practice will most likely backfire, um, and then the parent is left having to address the behavior problem um, with their adolescent. Uh, for example, say that um, things between you know spouses are particularly contemptuous, and your adolescent just witnessed a really ugly argument. Um, and in an attempt to make it up to your adolescent, you agree to extend her curfew for the night from, say, 10 p.m. to midnight, right? Well, what happens now? <clears throat> I mean, what happens next, <laughs> right? The next time she wants to go out and stay out till midnight, um, what are you going to say? You know, you've just set the precedent that midnight is an acceptable curfew. Um, so going back to 10 is pretty well bound to be met with some resistance. Um so to the best of the parent's ability, it's, it's super important to maintain structure uh, within the household, and it, it really is best for the whole family. Um, the third point I would say to keep in mind is that children should absolutely be kept out of the middle um, of parents' communication with one another. Um, for example, the child should never be asked to or expected to uh, deliver verbal or written messages between mom and dad. Um, yeah. Yeah, really, because as difficult as it may be for spouses, and particularly ex-spouses, to communicate about issues, um, you know, pertaining to the children, schedules, visitation, child support, it, it's 100% their responsibility to have those conversations, even though they may be difficult. Um if families, if a family is experiencing extreme difficulty with communication, I will frequently recommend that they email one another uh, as opposed to text because, you know, as we all know, text can become really ugly and uh, result in a prolonged back and forth, um, which distracts from the children. Um, the court has communication methods that can be put in place with a court order, as I understand it, and I often recommend that families explore some of those options with their, their family law attorney. Um, 
the last point then of, of, of the four, the four keys, the last point <laughs> I would say <laughs> is to, to keep in mind that during a divorce, it is your relationship as a parent. Um, it is your relationship with your spouse that's changing, not your child's. Um, and as much as it is okay for you to feel whatever you feel to, towards your soon to be ex-spouse, uh, it's equally as okay for your child to continue to love, care for, and want to be with your soon-to-be ex. I strongly advise parents when I work with families to communicate that this is okay as you know to your child. Let him or her know that it is okay to continue to love and want to be with the other parents. Now, how are adolescents that you see in general when it comes to vocalizing how they feel during a divorce, do they, they keep it out? Do they keep everything inside? Or are they an age group of children that tend to talk about their feelings? What What's your viewpoint on that? Well, you know, really, every, you know, with every person, every situation is different. Though, so on the whole, I have to say in my experience that adolescents do express in some way, uh, be it verbally or non-verbally, how they're feeling uh, during a divorce. I always like to remind parents that I work with that they truly are the experts on their children. Uh, they're coming yeah. to me for some assistance, sure, but, but they are the experts on their children. Um, they may not feel like it at the moment, given, given that there's chaos um, going on in the family, uh, or if they're raising a, a stereotypically moody adolescent, um, they may feel a little bit like they've lost uh, a handle on what they're doing. Um, but when it comes down to it, no one knows better than they how to read between the lines of their child's uh, communication or to interpret their child's nonverbals. Um, as a parent, they've been studying their children their entire lives. Um, and the parent's task really is to figure out what is the child's behavior saying to them. As a therapist, my role really is to help a parent with the interpretation if they become stymied. Okay, and I guess along those lines, just from when when you're seeing children or, or not really children, adolescents, are there any specific warning signs that clue you into the fact that maybe a child is not really handling a divorce situation well? Yes, definitely. Parents really should be on the lookout for any significant changes in the behavior of their adolescents. Uh, for example, if their daughter used to be, uh, say, a social butterfly and suddenly she's withdrawing from friends or school activities, that would be a warning sign. Um, significant or prolonged decrease in school grades, avoidance or withdrawal from the family, um, again, those somatic complaints such as chronic headaches, stomach aches, difficulty sleeping, mood swings, um, you know, over and above what they're used to observing in their in their child, um, extreme anger responses that seem uncharacteristic for their for their child or for their adolescent, uh, significant prolonged changes in eating habits would be would be another warning sign to keep uh, keep an eye out for. And, of course, on the extreme end of the spectrum would be uh, something like substance use, substance abuse, um, getting into trouble with the law, uh, cutting, cutting behavior is, is something also on the extreme end of the, the spectrum, um, but something that I, I do see uh, from time to time as, a, as a, a symptom that a child is not adjusting well to a divorce. 
Um, the reality is, is that many parents going through a divorce are suffering through utter turmoil and chaos themselves. And so the adolescent warning signs can frequently be, be regarded as a phase or even missed altogether. Um, in many cases, the warning signs are brought to the parent's attention by school personnel, friends, their child's, their child's friends, um, or other family members. Uh, so once again, my best advice to parents is to get support and take good care of you so that you can remain as mindful and present as possible for your adolescent. Um, early intervention with adolescents is, is key, and it really is best so that they can learn uh, healthy coping skills but that they can then apply to stressful situations throughout life. Now, if you could explain what you do as a therapist when you're working with adolescents and their parents in a uh, before, during, or post-divorce type setting. Sure. As a therapist, my role really is to work with the entire family system, uh, mom, dad, children, uh, during all phases of the divorce process to the extent that, that they'll invite me to be a part of the process. Uh, for example, if a couple has recently chosen to divorce and they have not yet told uh, the children that they intend to do so, I will work with the parents to teach them how to communicate that message uh, so that it's received in, in uh, an appropriate way uh, by their children so that there's no misunderstanding what's about to happen in the family. Um, I'll work with parents, either individually or or together, if it's productive. Yeah. Uh, right. I'll work with them uh, to negotiate a co-parenting plan. It's extremely important just because their their union is ending. They still have to parent together and and do it in a way that um, is best for the for the children. And of course, I work with the adolescent. Uh, they're, they tend to be initially my primary focus. That's usually why a family will even come to me uh, to begin with, is because they're worried about their their, their teen, their young person. Um, so I work with the adolescent and give them, give him or her a, a safe place to express whatever whatever he or she is feeling, um, and to learn to cope with the changes that are are happening within the family. Um, I always encourage families to seek help uh, before our behaviors escalate uh, to things like, you know, substance use or some of the more extreme, extreme uh, symptoms that I that I explained in a previous answer. Get them in early. If you're going through a divorce, there's no harm in tapping a, a an outside helper, a third party, a therapist. Yeah to just evaluate, you know, evaluate evaluate what's going on. Now, where should people look if they want to find out more about you and your practice and uh, possibly involve you in helping them and their adolescent age children uh, through uh, divorce or any type of situation? Well, I, in, in this day and age of uh, Internet, you can certainly find me on the <laughs> web. <laughs> um, I, I have a website. It's, uh, you go to www.jamiewinch.com dot com uh, you'll find uh, my, my specialties my uh, services and, 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 and more uh, you'll find out where I'm located <laughs> you 
you can also give me a call, uh, number 352-514-2562. I uh, couldn't give up my, my Gainesville area code, <laughs> so I, I still have that. Um, and I just want to mention that a significant portion of my practice involves working with adolescents and families, um, in particular adolescents and uh, families who are contemplating or, or going through a divorce. Um, I can tell you from experience that it is possible for adolescents to weather the storm and to come out on the other side as healthy, well-adjusted individuals. Um, the key is to seek support as a family from a variety of helpers, including family, trusted friends, um, community members, as well as therapists. Well, we're about at the end of the, the time that we had set aside for today. I really want to thank you, Jamie, for being a part of this program. I know it will help a lot of people. Absolutely. Thanks for having me more information about staymarriedflorida.com uh, go right to the website www.staymarriedflorida.com to reach divorce and family law attorney Christopher Bruce call 561-844-1200 or email him at cbruce at nugentlawfirm.com <laughs>